So uh, today we, uh, we trust that, that uh, uh, the Lord is going to speak in a very, uh, very specific way uh, as we start this new series uh, on choices. And this morning it's purpose or popularity. Let me open with uh, the reading of God's word in Hebrews eleven twenty four through 26. I believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Some, sometime we may do a study on, on how I come up with that. But uh, uh, I, I, he doesn't name himself, but uh, I believe that he wrote it. And that's uh, okay if you don't. Hebrews eleven twenty four to 26 says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead and to his great reward. So the question I have for you this morning, will you choose purpose over popularity? What's your choice? The answer makes all the difference in the world. So, you, you know, who you are. Who, who are you? Uh, basically, you're the sum total of all the choices that you've made in your lifetime. You are the, the, the choices good and bad. You're the choice of what have you done with Jesus Christ. Is he your personal savior or are you just coasting? Is this a, you're getting your ticket punched on Sunday morning or are you really here to worship him in truth and in knowledge? Basically, as children, our parents made choices for us. But once we become adults, we have to own the choices that we make, right? Good, bad, or indifferent, we own them. Uh, I had a buddy that used to say, uh, hey, you got to wear that shirt. <laughs> Who do you want to be tomorrow? And that's the question that you, you really, is, is really dependent upon the choices that you make Today. So your choices matter. They, they really do. In this series, we're going to take a look at what I believe are the most significant choices that you're going to make in life. Not about who we'll marry, not about where we'll live, not about the type of work we'll do, but the choices which are core to the values that we champion in life. Important choices. We look at control versus, we'll look at control versus surrender, discipline over regret, uh, important or urgent, and life over death. We start this morning, though, with the choice of purpose or popularity. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody liked you? Wouldn't it? It, it, it would be. It, uh, you know, we all want to be liked. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't matter what you did, no matter what. Uh, everybody would think that you're just absolutely awesome. As pastors, we want to make people happy. the 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 thing there is that that uh, we make half the people happy. Half the people are happy when we come, and the other half are happy when we go. We want to make people happy. The first church I officially pastored, Tawanda Bible Church in Tawanda, Illinois, uh, I was a bivocational pastor, and uh, I really didn't know what I was doing, and most of the stuff that I did was wrong, but my heart was in the right place, I thought. 
And we were there for three years, and, and uh, I had to leave for health reasons. <laughs> the people were sick of me. And so, and so you know, we, we got out of there. And, and for the rest of my time, uh, Sarita made me promise her that I would never drag her through this, this pastoral morass again. I, 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 I wouldn't do it, and that was a promise that I intended to keep. I could be a good, a good church member. I could, be a good, I could preach when they wanted me to, uh, and, and I could be a good church leader. And we got into uh, Awana, and I could still be able to minister. I still got to preach, but I wasn't responsible for the church. But here's the bubble buster. No matter who or what you are, there's going to be people that don't like you. Um, I, I really I get a kick out of out, out of uh, my sister Linda, uh, and, and she brought me a, a spider uh, a spider plant today, and and there's no guarantees that came with it other than if I water it it's going to grow, and uh, if I don't it's going to die, and uh, no we can't smoke it if it gets dried out, Bart. Uh, we, I, that's just a little private joke. He doesn't do that. But, uh, uh, you know, she says, you know, you're this, the, you just become fanatical about these pots. So she gave me this little terracotta pot and this beautiful plant that will probably last a week. And will you take care of it, dear? Will you take care of it? Okay, great. Um, I, Gary had said that he would, he would uh, take care of it, but he said he'd been known to water... Uh, uh, artificial plants. So um, I, I'm glad you stepped up, dear. I digress. She tells a story that when we came here, she hated my guts. You didn't like me. You didn't like me. But now you. Now I'm loved. See, you, 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 uh, there, there's, there is that time that we get to know people and we get to do life together. And, and part of that, we, we learn how to look past the foibles and the, and the flaws of one another and embrace and love the things that we have in common, which is Jesus Christ. We live in a real world and no matter what we do, we're never going to be liked by everyone. And unfortunately, we all make choices that seem to make us think otherwise. What if, on the other hand, we were to wake up every morning with only one purpose in mind, and that purpose was to please Jesus Christ? What if we could make, wake up every day with a purpose and a passion to do what we were created, created for? What if we woke up and, and we were able to have the job that was our dream job? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? I want us to know today that, it's, I want to, that it is possible. Not only is it possible, I believe it's what Jesus wants for all of us. I believe that, that as, we, as we travel this thing called life, that I have to now choose purpose over popularity. Here's the problem. Because of sin, my default setting is choosing popularity. 
you know, don't, don't get too self-righteous because you have the same default setting. But we do. We choose popular, popularity over purpose. And, and we want to know if people like us and what they think of us and do they want our company because of sin, we lose sight of our purpose. Because of, because of sin, we lose sight of what we were made for. Now, show of hands, come on, be honest with me now. Who uses Facebook in here? Yeah, get those hands up. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, uh, have you ever taken a break from it? And if you have, I imagine that there was a startling discovery that you could actually live without it when you got over your, okay, I'm going to take a break for 30 days and you come back because you want to see what were people saying about me. Do they still like me? And you were able to see that you, you, really, you really were able to live without it. How in the world were we able to live without Facebook, without social media in the 90s? I, I, it, it amazes me that we didn't even put on our shoes. You know, how did we live without cell phones? You remember the first cell phone you had, the old the bag phone? And, and uh, uh, it, 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 uh, it was this cumbersome thing, but it worked. But there's another discovery I think that you're going to make. We are addicted to likes. We're addicted to them. You know, I was always checking to see who liked my posts or responded with the comments or they were in agreement with me. And, and I was literally addicted to being liked. You know, do you like me? Do you like the clothes that I'm showing you that I'm wearing? Do you like my recipes? I'm going to show you how to cook it. Do you like the way that I've made this animated so you can see how to put it in the oven? Do you like me? Do you like how I, how I make these grandiose political statements? Do you like how I talk about animals and I love animals? Do you like about the pictures about my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren? Do you like me? Or it may not be reflected in the likes you get on Facebook, but on your desire to know if you're liked. And you want to know because if you're liked because of the job you have or the house you keep, or do you fit in? Are you good enough? Do you measure up? We spend our time trying to find meaning in the approval of others when we're missing the very thing that God created us for. Living for the approval of others keeps us from the purpose of God. Because our choices matter, the challenge we have to have is, is to choose purpose over popularity. The writer to Hebrews tells the story, a, a brief version of Moses' story. He tells us Moses chose to live on purpose rather than having an approval, having the approval of others. Moses was born to a Hebrew family at the time when Pharaoh ordered all baby, bo baby boys, ba boy babies, to be killed. Moses' mother fashioned the basket from, the, from reeds and, and, and waterproofed it and stuck the baby in it and put him in the, put him in the river and hit him in the bulrushes. And, and uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter came down to do whatever Pharaoh's daughter was doing, and she found this baby. And so she took the baby home, and this was Moses, took the baby home, 
and Mo, and 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 uh, uh, Pharaoh uh, adopted him into his family. He was raised as if he was Pharaoh's son. For forty years, Moses lived in the lap of luxury. He had the best education. He had the best clothes, the best opportunities that life had to offer. He probably had the latest and greatest horse and chariot. I mean, everything that that a king could have for his son, this boy had access to for 40 years. I do love the way the writer says it in in Hebrews 11. Uh, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses chose purpose. He chose to answer God's call in his life rather than living in the palace with all the pleasures that popularity would bring him. He could have had it really, really good for his entire life. We get stumped in grasping God's big purpose in our lives, though. Am I supposed to be a missionary? Or am I supposed to go and, and to, to college and cure cancer? Am I, am I supposed to marry Mr. Wonderful or Miss Wonderful? Or am I supposed to have a single life? What am I supposed to do? Am I choosing purpose or choosing popularity? That becomes the focus. Rather than living faithfully as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we're fa- if we're faithful in living on, pur- for, on purpose today, ultimately, we will discover God's purpose in our life. Here's the way it happens. You engage in a conversation and you realize you simply meant to be an encouragement to that person today. Nothing else. So you engage in being an encouragement. You've chosen purpose. Or you see someone who has a material physical or or physical need. You see someone that needs a, a kid picked up for Awana. You, you see that, that need and, and right away you decide in that moment that you can meet that need, you make it happen. You just chose purpose. Your purpose on any given day may simply be to pray for your boss or your co- co-workers. And I know that there's, there's struggles that, that uh, uh, you all have um, in, in, in the employment that, that, you, that you have working for the state or the city or the county having your own business depending upon these people that run the city and the state and the county or a big utility conglomerate it's, no job's perfect it's not what even retirement can, can be is not without problems because you always come short at the end of the month needing more dollars, wanting more money. But you're, you're, you're too old and too tired to get a second job. So you just cut back or sell something. But your purpose in your workplace is to be a prayer warrior for your workplace. Pray for your boss. Pray for your co- co-workers. And when you do that, you've chose purpose. And that's what it means to live on purpose. And living on purpose may not always be popular, but it is always going to be life-changing. So I see three things today when we live on purpose, what happens. Three things. Purpose diminishes distractions. Second thing, 
Purpose pushes through the pain. And the third thing, purpose empowers us to please God. Well, let's look at the first thing. One of the greatest distractions of life is comparing. We compare our place in life with the place of others. Other people. You know, you, you, you live in, in, in a particular house with a number of, of bedrooms and number of bathrooms and you have a three-car garage and you have all these things and that's what you're wanting but you don't have. You end up parking your car outside and you have two bedrooms and, and two bathrooms and one of the bathrooms doesn't work. <laughs> And this is the, we, we compare our salary with other people. You know, I've got an education. You know, I've got this, I've got the experience, I've got that. And why is this young whippersnapper making more money than I am? Or we compare our children to other children. You know, those kids seem like they're just perfect little angels. And the kids that take the biggest, the biggest hit of all in church world are the pastor's kids or the deacon's kids. Because there's always this higher standard that these kids somehow are going to rise above being children and be these perfect little angels. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Uh, we, those little angels, halos, can come down and choke them sometimes. Well, this is the distra- a devil's tool of, and, and let's call it the attraction of distraction. Moses knew the power of distractions. For 40 years, he dealt with the distractions of Pharaoh and the Hebrew people. And, and, and they were, there, was, there was that tug. Here was God's people, and, and, and they, were, they were slaves who supposedly were serving the living God. And here was Pharaoh who served all these false gods. And he lived in the lap of luxury, watching his people suffer. For 40 years, they kept asking, can't we just go back to Egypt after they left? And Moses was dealing with the struggle of that. These, these, ungrateful, these ungrateful Jews, they, they didn't want to eat the vegetables. And so he prayed and God sent them, God sent them this. I don't know what manna. I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven if I can have a bite of manna. I want to know what that stuff tastes like. Um, and and uh, I, I imagine it was pretty tasty. But they got tired of that. Started complaining. Give us the leeks. Give us the onions. And, and so he sent quail. I had nothing better than good quail. Yeah, good quail and bread. Are you kidding me? So they were complaining about that. All the distractions keep us from being the best partner, the best parent, the best boss, the best employee that we can be. Distraction causes us to miss the right person in front of us who needs our attention the most. And when we miss that person... We miss the very opportunity that God is giving us to be a blessing. Choosing purpose diminishes distractions. The second thing, purpose pushes through the pain. Um, Nick was giving me a hard time. Uh, He asked me this morning, he says, uh, how are you doing, John? And I said, well, you know, the sciatica is no suspenders, lady. The sciatica is, is uh, uh, you know, kicking up. And that, you know, so I, but I sit down and it's okay. And so you know what this guy says? I thought you were just wanting to take a break. <laughs> no, I got, I got, this, I got this thing and, and my, my granddaughter got a rolling pin for, what, uh, 
what was that thing? It, it's, a, it's to roll out your pain. And, and she, was, she was working on me last night. And it worked for a while, so I, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of getting one of those things and let Sarita. You know why? I just, no, never mind. Wives and rolling pins. This, this isn't for clubbing, this is for rolling. Yeah. Well, Moses knew the pain of choosing purpose over popularity, and, and it almost wore him out. Jesus knew the pain of choosing purpose over popularity. It would have been easy for him to give in to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but he didn't. He fought that that religious hypocrisy for his entire earthly ministry. He knew, though, the Father had a larger purpose, and that's the thing. We have to keep our eyes on the purpose that God has for us. Faithfulness in the little things always leads, today leads us to the larger things God has planned for us. You know, you're faithful in that job. It's a miserable job. But maybe there's a purpose that God has that people are watching you. And they'll never say anything. But you get to heaven and you see Susie Smith and you thought this Susie Smith was the, the, the biggest reprobate that was alive. You say, how in the world did you get here? And Susie says to you, I've watched, I watched you for 20 years as you faithfully served without complaining. You always had a smile on your face. You always did above and beyond what the boss asked you to do. And that one day, you remember when I asked you what makes you so different? And you told me about Jesus? That made a difference in my life. And because of you and your faithfulness with the little things... I'm here today, and that's a big thing. You ladies who have had children know how painful that can be in, in childbirth. And, and you know how to deal with pain much better than we guys do. We guys who stood alongside our wives and watched, but women keep having babies, right? You'd think if it was that bad of a deal, you'd stop having kids, but no, you keep on having them. Kicking them out, three at a, not three at a time. <laughs> well, maybe three at a time. I, and, and, and they keep on having because the payoff at the end. I don't, re, I don't recall ever hearing a woman when I've talked to uh, after, after the childbirth and she has this little one with her about, she's talking about all the pain. It's not even, I, sure, she's hurting. But the payoff is that I have this, this life that now is bonded to me. And it makes it all worthwhile. So are you going to have another one? Well, let's don't get carried away. But they do. They keep cranking them out. Because of the love, the payoff is worth it. And you know, going in, what it's going to be like. But you do it anyway. And that's kind of living the way, that kind of, of the way is, is, is serving God by choosing to live a life of purpose. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in John 16, He says, I've told you all this so that you have, may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world.
That's a promise of Jesus Christ. So purpose diminishes the pain. The last thing is purpose empowers us to please God. Purpose empowers us to, to please Him because this is what we are created to do. Each of us was created to serve Jesus Christ. That's, that, that is our purpose. And just like Moses leading the people out of Egypt and into the promised land, he knew it would please God, so he kept going in spite of the opposition and the pain he was, was, was going through. He was passionate about serving God, and you, we, you and me, are created to please God and be passionate about it. Wherever we li- whenever we live by faith, we please God. Whenever we're obedient, we please God. Whenever we are obedient to the little moments of purpose, when we're faithful in the small things, we please God. Whenever we die to ourselves and let Christ live through us, we please God because that, my friend, is what we've been made for. Look again at verse 26 of Hebrews 11. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. You've, You've heard everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. And it means that everybody will eventually sell out to do something that is uh, self-serving, that'll, that'll uh, get them more money, get them a better position in life. They'll, they'll, they'll do something unethical if they're paid enough, even believers. And it doesn't necessarily have to be money. It can be anything. It could be the promise of a great job or protection or anything that somebody really wants. And that's a pretty strong statement. So as a Christian, do you really buy into that? Because if you do, you're thumbing your nose at verse 26. The softer side of this is that every one of us likes to be liked. And there is value in being liked by people, but there is greater value in being loved and used by God. Greater value in that. And so would you rather be liked because of your recipes that you place on Facebook or would you want to be loved and used because you're a person of purpose, of God? We don't doubt there's some value in being popular, but there's greater value in, in living God's purpose. Our popularity is not going to change the world. There will be someone else to come along and take our place. But living in the fullness of God's purpose, we're going to change the world and, and will change lives. And those that happens with those around us. This morning you began making choices, didn't you? You got up or did you hit the snooze alarm? And can you, can you, you know that the third time hitting the snooze alarm, if you do it the fourth time, you're really going to be late and miss something? So you got up. You, you chose to have breakfast. You chose to cook breakfast or you chose to say, you know where the bread is, you know where the toast is, and I believe you know how to operate the toaster. That's a choice. You chose what you were going to wear today. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, we make choices. We're today the sum total of the choices we've made in the past. The decisions we make today determine who we can become tomorrow. 
Am I living for others? Am I trying to please people? Am I trying to do something that I'll win the approval of others? Or am I living for the approval of God? Purpose? Popularity. We can't, everybody, we, we can't please everybody, but we can please God. We can choose purpose over popularity. We lay down our lives to serve Him, being faithful in little purpose moments, because when we're faithful in the little things, God does indeed trust us in the big ones. What does living by choosing purpose over popularity do for us? It diminishes distractions. It helps us push through the pain that's in life. It gives us the power, the strength, the, the dunamis, that dynamite, that explosive effort to please God. And my prayer today for myself and for you is that we choose purpose. Anybody can be popular. You have the right amount of money. You have the right amount of influence. You have snappy pattern, can, can uh, charm people. You're that star running back. All the chicks love the jocks. Popularity. Or are you living by purpose? Can you live by purpose in retirement? Yeah. Can you live for purpose in that job that absolutely is the most despicable, detestable, miserable thing that you've ever done? Yes. What about that, that mate who can be a challenge? Easy thing is to step away step past shuffle them off to Buffalo or are you going to push through that pain and choose purpose because this is what pleases God how about it friends purpose popularity let's pray Lord Jesus I pray today that each of us would be at a place where we where we truly choose the purpose you have for us in our life. That we love and serve you wholeheartedly. That we don't take any shortcuts. Lord, that we aren't concerned with being the most popular person. We never have to worry about, about being unethical. Because Lord, if we choose purpose over popularity, we're going to be doing it for the right reason to serve you, to love you. And you, in turn, are going to be loving us and blessing us and giving us grace. So, Father, today, if anybody is struggling in these areas, I pray that you would make it crystal clear to them of how they can go through their life choosing purpose. And they don't have to worry about the pain. They don't have to worry about, about the distractions. All they have to be concerned about is being empowered to please you.
And Lord, if there is one here today that does not know you as Savior, may this be the day where they do indeed choose purpose over anything else. You've lived your life in this, in this darkness and you thought you were happy, you thought that you had it all together, but now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is kind of poking on you. He's saying, choose me today. Purpose. The purpose that God has for each of us is to receive Christ as a Savior so we can spend eternity with Him in heaven. That's the ultimate thing that He does to glorify Himself. That He sent His Son to die for us. That we could have that eternal life. And you say, John, I want that. Yes, I want purpose in my life. Well, if that's the case, then, then you need to confess your sin. Yes, you're a sinner. Lord, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me, and I ask you to come into my life and save me. When you died on the cross, you died in my place that I could live with you forever in heaven. And I thank you for that. You have my life, and I have yours. And in your son's precious name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, come see me. I want to talk to you about it. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of the family of God because that's the first step in making purpose, choosing purpose over popularity.